Hello, good morning. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. All the time. Father, I just thank you and praise you for this day. I pray, Father God, that you would have your will in this service. I pray, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would be exalted and lifted high in all that we do. I praise you and thank you, Lord God, for all your promises and blessings that are true and amen. And, Lord, we just pray that you would have your will today, that you would use us, Lord God, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. All right, let's take up an offering, amen? Because I don't want anybody to be passed up on a blessing. God promises to bless us abundantly. Hosanna in the highest, higher than above all things, greater than all things, knows all things, omnipresence. So that means he knows everything and he's present with you wherever you go. Amen? And we got to believe that in Jesus' name. And we got to believe what his word says about tithes and giving, that he promises to bless us. And Lord, we are believing in your promises you know, there are many promises in the Word of God. This is the only one that we can test him in. <laughs> only one. <clears throat> so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the tithes and offering that you're bringing into this place. I pray that you would bless it, that you would bless your people, that you would bless their giving, that you would multiply in them financially, spiritually, Lord God, Physically, that you would bring healing and health to our bodies, to our homes, and to our lands. Lord, that you would bring financial blessing and that you would prosper the works of our hands that we do each week as we go out and we work and, and we work for a living. And it's good that you said that we work. And Lord God, and I pray this and I pray that we would come giving, Lord God, your portion to you and to your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I just had it, you can open up to Zechariah chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 1 through verse 8. And this morning, I know this is one of my wife's favorite scriptures in Zechariah because it talks about the man in the myrtle trees. But this morning when I was in, the, in my study, I opened up the word and it was right there at the beginning of Zechariah 1. And I felt like, like this is something that the Lord wanted me to share. 
And I have to share this because it was a burden impressed on my heart. I believe it's for our nation, for our families, and for each one of us individually. My first impression was it was for the nation, our nation. Nation under God. Can we say the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Huh? That's not all right? Well, come say it. How is it? <laughs> Let's try it again, huh? Should we try it again? So I can make a fool of myself twice? I don't care. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Is that better? There you go. See, I knew it. I knew it. One nation under God. Our nation has gone so far away from God. You know, my wife showed me a little meme of a prayer warrior this morning. <laughs> and I can't remember the meme, but it's pretty much... I can't even remember it now. <laughs> but it's pretty much, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing, basically, though. If you don't exercise your faith, if you don't exercise your body, you're going to be out of shape. We need to be exercising prayer. So earnestly and diligently in these times. Prayer, you know what prayer does? Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer moves the hand of God. And if you want to be a warrior in God's kingdom, then you need to have a warrior type mentality in your prayer life. Amen? We need to be praying. It's the truth, Mom says. And if Mom says it's the truth, then you better believe it. <laughs> Amen. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Idu. The Lord was very angry angry. With your ancestors. Therefore tell the people. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me. Declares the Lord Almighty. And I will return to you. Says the Almighty Lord. Return to me. And I will return to you. I believe that is for our nation. That is for our families, and that is for us as individuals. It first starts with one. It first starts with one. Do you know the statistics say that if a man comes to the Lord, if a, if a man comes to the Lord and he's married, 
that his family will come to the Lord. It's like 95% that his family will come to the Lord if the husband goes, comes to the Lord first and surrenders. He's going to lead his family to the Lord. And do you know if we live like we should live for the Lord, how that might impact our friends around us? And how those friends will impact their friends. And how, it's how you can change a nation. It all starts with one. It says, do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. I think of that as our nation, too. There are people that know the word, hear the word, yet deny the word. That harden their hearts. Last week, if you were here, I preached on how the body of Christ can be unified. Unification comes also through repentance. Through forgiveness. Through a turning away from sin and turning toward God. Our nation was built under God. When the first pilgrims came here, they were seeking religious freedom. They were coming to a land where they can worship God wholeheartedly. That's who was on the Mayflower. It was Jews that were fleeing persecution. In 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, he was bringing people, that's correct, right? He was bringing people from Europe, he was bringing Jews to a new country where they can worship God freely. Our nation was built on prayer. But there's been evil that's creeped into our nation. And it tries to destroy the foundations of God. Trying to undermine what the founding fathers have built. There's a phone under the couch ringing. Oh, I saw it light up down there. <laughs> Not many churches have couches in them, but we do, praise the Lord. <laughs> but do not be like your ancestors who the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices, but they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. I think that's a warning for our nation. I think God right now is screaming out from heaven saying, turn from your evil ways and turn to me. And what did he promise to do? He says that he will heal our land. He will hear from heaven and he will heal our lands. 
Where are your ancestors now? And the prophets, do they live forever? Every one of those Old Testament prophets are gone. Every one of those ancestors are gone, and we can see our ancestors going. But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? Then they repented and said, Lord, Almighty, and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. They repented. They repented. That means they turned to God and they said, God, it is justice. You are right in your justice and your judgment on us. Lord, do with us what your will is. What we deserve. You know, it's interesting that to open up to this scripture this morning. Just to give you a little background about this scripture. Is that the Israelites were in captivity at that time. Physically in captivity at that time. The prophet Haggai and Zechariah were right around the time when they were going to rebuild the temple of God. To rebuild it. And I find it interesting that right now with everything that's going on in the Middle East and with Israel right now, that they're having talks of rebuilding the temple of God on the Temple Mount. They actually say they have all the utensils, they found the Ark of the Covenant, that they have everything in place, that the temple is ready to go, and they can put that thing up in a matter of days, because they've already got it built, pre-assembled, and it's like a modular house. They're ready to rock and roll with it. It was this time... They were rebuilding the temple of God. That God was calling his people to repent. To repentance. And I believe God is calling us as a nation to repentance. Again. To repent and turn to the Lord. With all our heart. We're living in some serious days. This, this message is probably more political. Than anything else. But you know what? We need religion. We need God in our politics. Now more than ever. Because we see where our politics. We see where our administration is going. Right now without God. We see where our nation is going. Or where it's been going. Without the presence of God. We see what's happening in our schools. When they take out prayer in schools. We see what's happening to our nation when they're allowing thousands and thousands of babies to be aborted. <clears throat> it's sad. Israel right now is on the very 
forefront, if not on the edge of war. And it's not just with one nation, but a multitude of nations around it. And God says in his word, when you see Israel surrounded by its enemies, be ready for the end is near. His coming is soon. Israel is surrounded by enemies right now. They got Iran that's threatening nuclear war, and they have literally promised that they said they would wipe out Israel off the map. Their goal, as soon as they get a nuclear weapon, is they're going to launch that thing at Israel. They call Israel the little Satan. They call America the big Satan. And they will, they will literally come out and tell you that. They are not ashamed of it. That's their plan. They have told us their plan. We need to be praying. The word says that we need to pray for the peace of Israel. Pray for the peace of Israel that it may go well with your soul. That it may go well with you and your family. The word says that if you bless Israel, then God promises that he will bless you. Israel is the apple of God's eye. God literally wrote his name on the hills of Israel. If you were looking down at a geographical map, it will have the name of God written right on it. He wrote right on it. This is his land, promised land. And we, now I know Corey and I both have some Jew in us, so we're part of that family, but everyone else here is all grafted in. And who knows, you might have some Jewish in your bloodline somewhere. But we're all grafted in. We need to be praying. We need to pray for this administration that we, that we have right now. Because this administration is destroying America from within. You know, years ago, there was a man who came here to this church, probably 20, 25 years ago, and he said that Russia had a plan, the Communist Party had a plan to destroy America, and it wasn't going to be from war, it was going to be from destroying the family unit, by destroying its moral integrity, by destroying America from within the country itself. That America will destroy itself. And it was actually, they had, a, they had a plan with all these points and areas that they were attacking. It's like a, psy, it's like a PSYOP mission or whatever, you know. They, they're trying to destroy it. And I believe they did that whole thing through all of COVID. COVID was just another test to see how far we can push the nation and push the people of God into control and submission. Where is their breaking point? How far can we bend them? How far can we go? We need to be praying. Because this administration has sold out America, has sold out our beliefs, has sold out our secrets, is trying to sell out the U.S. dollar, our economy, we're no longer respected on the world stage. China is going over, is trying to take control. 
not just of Taiwan, but of the whole world. They want to change China, Russia, taking Ukraine. Iran wants to take, kill Israel. North Korea wants South Korea. It's terrible, and China's going around gathering up all of its allies, even Canada. Our closest ally to the north is leaning toward China, is in negotiations with China. Do you know that a few years ago, and they're probably still doing it, that Canadian mounted, that Canadian soldiers are training the Chinese soldiers in Canada on cold weather combat? Right on our northern border, that's right above New York State, right there. I heard a guy say, yeah, people will start to wake up when they start seeing Chinese troops come to their door, knocking on their door saying, give up your guns and your Bibles and your God. Pretty scary. But China has made alliances with Canada, um, France, Turkey, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Russia, North Korea, Kuwait, Philippines, Bangladesh. There are many, many other nations. South Asia. Many nations that China is gathering its alliances together. And they're trying to do this because they want to take down America as a superpower. They want to take our currency over. They want to destroy our currency and have the Chinese currency be the currency, or create a whole new currency, and that's, they're already talking about that. They're talking about a digital currency being in place. No more dollar bill. It'll be controlled by one world bank. If you can destroy the U.S. dollar, then you can destroy America. Do you know that? If you can destroy our currency, you can destroy our nation. Do you know what would happen if you took the dollar and got rid of the dollar and changed it? The cost of imports to our nation would skyrocket because nobody would want the dollar bill anymore. The cost of all the imports, all the goods that we import and use every day, would skyrocket. Our government would lose all of its borrowing, borrowing power, forcing our taxes to raise even more than they already are. If you think you pay a lot in taxes now, wait till the dollar's gone. Wait till our government doesn't have the borrowing power that it has. And they have to raise our taxes because nobody would want our dollar bill. If you think that inflation is high right now, that you're paying a lot for food, gas, and any other uh, normal necessities, you wait till the dollar bill is gone. It'll be worse than the Great Depression. None of us here know what it's like to be in a Great Depression. 
None of us. Even our oldest elders here were just past the Great Depression. But it was so bad, it would be worse than that, they say. Those are some of the things that are happening right now. Because there are evil forces out there that are trying to destroy America. And they've been at work in America for a long time. They try to destroy our Constitution. How many times do we hear about them wanting to get rid of the First Amendment? How many times do we hear them saying they want to get rid of our right to bear arms? Because they know, they know that if they can disarm Americans, and if they can shut Americans up, then they can control us. They wouldn't let me preach this right now. They would send me to jail for preaching this to you if there was no right to the First Amendment of warning you. But I am a pastor, a preacher, and my job is to prepare and teach the people. That's my job, and to warn them. These are the things that are coming. These are the things that are coming. This is why we need to pray earnestly like never before. Because prayer is the only thing that's going to move the hand of God. This is why we need to look and vet at our officials who we vote for and see what they stand for. Isaiah said it best in Isaiah chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. He said this, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, I think of this statement right here. I think of all those cunning men and women who are so-called professors in our colleges teaching our young men and women evil things. Evil things. Literally, that's what they're, they're teaching them. Evil things. Who call good evil. I pray for their salvation. I pray for their souls on the day of judgment. When they're called in front of God and they have to make an account for everything they've done, everything they've taught, the lies they've spread, the destruction they've led, and the deception that they did upon our children. You know, deception is of the devil. The devil, and I watched a great movie this last week on how the devil is a deceiver. And that he will put things out there in front of you that look so real and sound so good, but they're so deceptive in lies. You know, just remember this. 
Everything that glitters is not God. Every rock, gold rock you find is not gold. There is fool's gold out there that looks like gold. This is why we need to pray. These are the days that we are living in as a nation, as a people. This, the Apostle Paul said this and warned this to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. He says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into the homes and gain control over weak-willed women, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janes and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds, who as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far, because in the case of these men, their folly will be clear to everyone. I believe God... It's going to expose the folly of all this deception soon that's been going on in our nation. There's one thing about truth. You can't deny it. You can't deny the truth. You can't deny the truth. The truth is the truth. No falsehood, falsehood in it. I'm praying that all this deception, all these lies, all these lies that we've been told as a people, as a nation, will be exposed and be opened right up in front of us. That we can see the truth. Do you know this whole thing? Is all a battle of good and evil. It really is. Goes boils down to a battle of good and evil. It's evil wanting to pervert what's good. It's wanting to destroy what's good, what's godly, what God has set up. It's wanting to destroy it and undermine it. You know, the Bible says that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, principalities against spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. 
That's who we're battling. That's who we're fighting. We're fighting evil, wicked spirits that are directing men and women to do these evil, wrong things. That's why we need the prayer. Because this battle is not fleshly. This battle is spiritually. And as warriors, as prayer warriors, as children of God, set apart as a holy nation, that's why we need to pray. That's why we need to be faithful in our prayers and, and, and have a strong prayer life. Who knows? Who knows what God can do in your life if you allow Him? Who knows what God's called you to do, whether it be worship, whether it be teaching, preaching, evangelists, prophets, apostles, pastors? Who knows? Who knows how God can use you? If we allow God to use us, we have to allow God. We have to surrender ourselves, surrender my will. I wrote down here, today I'm going to try God. Huh? I'm done. I'm done. I'm my own strength. I'm going, you know, it's time that we try God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe. I surrender my life to you. And then here's the hard one. I surrender my will to you. Boy, that was a hard one even for me to write down. You know? Because Chris has a will. We all have wills that we want to do and see done. But you know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying, sweat and blood pouring out of him, and he was asking God, 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 Please, take this cup from me. Is there any other way? Is there any other way? But he said, Lord, as sin was piled on him in the Garden of Gethsemane, as the weight of the world was pressing him and squeezing him like grapes, like olives, as that was being poured on him, he said, but Lord, not my will, but yours. See, Jesus could have called down one angel and wiped them all out. Jesus could have done anything. But he said, God, not my will, but yours. Your will be done. That's one of the hardest things to say and do. Not my will, not Chris's will, but God's will. And I'm going to tell you, that's a hard one to do every day. It's a hard one to do every day. But nevertheless, God, your will. Not my will, but yours. Because I want your will in my life. If we surrender to God, to his love, his grace, his mercy, you know, God has promises for us that are so great so great. Hebrews 13, 5 said, God promised us to never leave us or forsake us. God, Joel, this isn't on your thing. 
That's one promise from God. He promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. And these are the things that we need to believe in now more than ever. We need to believe in these things. We need to remind ourselves when things get hard, when things get tough, when things look like everything's falling apart in our lives. And I've got nothing left to hold on to. I'm holding on to you, God, with all I got. I'm reaching out and grabbing that hem because I'm trusting in you and I'm believing in you. And you can, you can remind God. I remind God. I said, God, you promised to never leave me or forsake me. If I follow you all the days of my life, you promised. You promised. You promised me. God, you promised to give us strength for each day in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 31. God, you promised me that you would give me strength for each day that I live. That I will be able to endure these things that are coming against me. Even though they come and surround me all around and accuse me of all these things, God, I'm holding on to you. You promised to give me strength each day. Romans 8.18, God, you promised to work out all things for my good. As I follow you, we got to remember these scriptures. These are promises. And I'm going to tell you, God doesn't go back on his promise. He doesn't give you a promise and take it away. His promises are true and amen. And that's what we got to remember, and that's what we got to believe. When we can't feel like we can't go on anymore. I can't do this anymore. But God, you promised to give me strength every day. And I'm going to believe your word. I get through this one day. Tomorrow's a new day. God, you promised to never leave me nor forsake me. When I'm all alone and I feel like the world's coming around down on me. And I got nowhere to go or nowhere to turn. I can turn to you, God, because you promised you would never leave me or forsake me. When I feel like I got nobody to talk to, God, I can talk to you like I'm talking to a brother or a friend. Because you promised you would never leave me or forsake me, that you would be with me right to the very end. Those are promises that God made to us. So we need to get those promises in our heart, and we need to hold on to them. Because there are the promises that are going to see us through these end days. God, you promised that if I repent of all my sins, that you would save me from all the destruction that's coming on the world. That's a promise from God. But first, we've got to get right with God, 100% right. Because we don't want to leave a crack for the devil to go in there and tell you and accuse you. So when you're face-to-face on Judgment Day... In the, in the foot of God's throne. And you're standing up there. And the devil's sitting there and he goes, no, you're a sinner. I know all your sins. Here they all are. Boom, 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 boom. And he rattles them all off. And not only does he rattle them all off, but he plays them like a video for everybody to see in heaven. How embarrassing that day would be. I know I would be embarrassed. I would be ashamed. But you know what would happen? Because I've given it all to God. God took bleach bit to that video. Smashed it with a hammer. Got rid of the Sims card. 
right, and destroyed it. So when the devil went to go play it, there would be nothing on there. Because I already gave it all over to Jesus. When I said, Lord, I make you Lord of my life. Because Jesus' blood washed it all away and made it white as snow. Because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And then the devil's going to look like a fool. And he goes, well, what happened to all these things you did? I know you did them. I said, yeah, I did them. I'm not going to like, I did all those things. But I repented of all those things I did. And I asked God to come into my heart, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, and he washed me with his blood. He washed it with his blood. He took all my sins away. And he cast them as far as to the east as to the west. So they never return again. And every time I've sinned and I fall short of the glory of God, I can get out of my knees and I can ask God for forgiveness. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. And I praise God and I'm thankful for God for that. So I can get up every morning and I can be thankful when I get up. I can have a heart of thankfulness. Because God did all these things for us. So if we can change our thinking in our mind to get rid of all the bad stuff and everything that's going on, and we change our thinking, and we let God pour over us, let this mind that's in me be in Christ Jesus. And we just change our attitudes every day when I go to work, and I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful that I can provide. I'm thankful that I'm working, and I'm doing my best. And God sees that from heaven. I'm thankful that I'm a provider, protector. Thankfulness goes a long ways. Thankfulness changes your heart. I'm thankful that, God, I can get up and I can walk and I'm on this side of the earth again. And maybe I can share your love with somebody. Show me who that may be today. Show me whose heart's ready to receive you. To receive all that you have for them and tell them that you love them. That you love them enough that you sent me to share with them. Or you're sending somebody to share with them. Or maybe I could plant a seed or water a seed. That, I, that you love them enough that you want to see them saved into the kingdom of God. I'm thankful, Lord, that I can stand up here and preach your word. Even though I don't feel like I'm worthy to preach your word. Because who am I? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a, what do, they, what do we hear this morning? I'm just a beggar helping other beggars where to go get food. <laughs> you know? I'm just a ragamuffin trying to help another ragamuffin get their lives right with God. Even though I know that I sin every day and I need to repent. Right? That I need to be washed by the blood of Jesus. But I get up and I try. And I keep pressing into the goal. And I keep trying. Even though, Lord, I know I pick up my own will and I'm selfish and I'm stubborn. You know, and I know that I fail you. But God, you're always faithful and just to forgive me. You're always faithful and just to forgive me. Now that doesn't give me a license to go out and sin like Sin Saloon. It doesn't give me a license to go out there and live like a heathen every day and then run back home and ask God for forgiveness. 
No, that's just abusing grace. That's just manipulating grace. That's just manipulating God's word to do my own will because I'm a selfish, conceited, narcissist man. <laughs> right? Who loves himself more than he loves God. No. Not that at all. It's because I love God more than I love my life. It's because I love God more. And I want to see God in my life more. And I want to do God's will more. And I want to draw closer to God. And be in His will. I want God to say to me, Good will, young man. Good will, my son. Good will, my daughter. Because I, I love you. I've been with you. I've seen your troubles. I've seen your I've seen your struggles, but you've been faithful to me. Good well, good job. Come on into the kingdom. Open up the gate for you. Nobody wants to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. Off to weeping and gnashing of teeth, burning in torture for the rest of your life. That doesn't sound like a nice place to be. Nobody wants to be there. Trust me. Hell is real. Fire is hot. I know. I caught myself on fire. I have testimony of it, and I've got people that can testify of it. Right here in this church. Fire burns. Blisters are not fun. It hurts. It's not pleasant. That's what hell is like. Even hotter. Even worse. Because it's torment. When you can gnaw on your tongue for relief, tell me, does that feel good when you bite your tongue? No. No. When you bite your tongue, it does not feel good at all. But when you're gnawing on your tongue in hell because it's taking away the pain and the torture, I can't imagine the pain. I can't even describe it. You know, we get a Baptist preacher up here. Maybe he could do better. <laughs> but it's not... Pleasant. Amen. I have no idea where I'm at in my notes. Praise the Lord. God's in control. Lord, your will be done Eat right here in this service. We want you to have your way every day. Let your Holy Spirit move. Lord God, on your people. Lord, that's, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need the Holy Spirit to move on the people. We need the Holy Spirit to change the hearts. My preaching's not going to change your heart. It's the Holy Spirit that changes your heart. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit upon your life that can change your heart. All I can do is not you to get you closer to God, as close as I can get you, but it's up to you to take that step to surrender all, to receive all. You know, we surrender all so we can receive all. You know, it's crazy gospel, but it's simple. It's just hard to surrender all. It really is. We just have to get to the point where it's like, God, no matter what happens, I'm surrendering all to you. It's all you. It's all you, because in the end, it's all God.
And that's all that matters. And if we can get that in our spirits and in our hearts, if we can receive that, Lord, I surrender all to you. Because it's all yours. I'm just like that dandelion sitting out there, you know, here one day, the next minute, mowed down. Basically, you know, gone. So, that's all our lives are. They're like a twinkling of an eye. They go, it goes, life goes by so fast. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time of being in your presence, of teaching. I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, I did your will here. I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, that, Lord, that you would speak to your people, that your Holy Spirit would come upon them. Lord, that you would change our hearts, change our minds, change our thoughts. Lord, heal our bodies, heal our lands, heal our nation. I pray that our nation wakes up. I pray that we wake up as a body, that the body of Christ wakes up. Lord, we're a nation within a nation. There is a body of believers within a nation that is a nation within a nation that is strong. I pray that that body would come together in unity, Lord God, in prayer and in repentance on what your word says, on the truth. And I pray this, Lord God, over your people today. As we go out from here, Lord God, I pray that we will be strengthened, that we would hold on to your promises, that they're true and they're for us. You put them there for us to hold on to, to never let go. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.